Welcome to the Bureau Briefing, a podcast by the Bureau of Digital, an organization devoted to giving digital professionals the support system they never had. Each episode, we're going to talk to a member of our community doing awesome, inspiring things. Now for your host, Carl Smith. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bureau Briefing. With me today, I have the head of business development at Know Your Company and a good friend of mine who I met at Owner Camp 14 in Honolulu, Jess Singer. How's it going, Jess? It's going great. Thanks for having me. How are you? I am good, and I'm so glad you're here. And the the thing is, this is going to be much more of a therapy session for you and me, (laughs) I think, than than anything else. When we were in Honolulu, uh, we were having lunch, and we realized that we both were part of an esteemed club where we had a very, very successful business that doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, we each had our own. We were not working together. That we could have we could have closed those businesses in half the time had we only aligned our efforts. But <laughs> when we were talking, I asked if you would mind being on the show because I think there's so much value in understanding what happens when a business does fall apart. I mean, mine fell apart. I don't know what happened with yours, and that's what we're going to talk about. But for me, I. I screwed up and then found myself like just sitting there looking at this burning embers of 14 years of my life. <sighs> so so talk a little bit about Mama Bargains because when I started researching it, I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> she had a tiger by the tail. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's really interesting. Um we can laugh now. And, you know, I don't, I don't laugh lightly. Uh, It took me a long time. It took me a lot of therapy and all sorts of things over the last couple of years to get to the point where I can say what you just said very simply, which is I made a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, it takes a long time and a, and a lot of like, you know, humility and kind of pushing your ego down a bit to realize the hand that you played in your business failing. Um, you know, Mama Bargains was just this kind of very random idea that came from, as ridiculous as it sounds, a dream that I had um, combined with talking to my husband about this dream that I had. I had a dream that we started a company called Mamazon. Um, and then I realized, that, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, right? Like I, I was like, well, you know, Amazon probably would sue our pants off if we uh, started a business called Mamazon. Um, so let's, you know, come up with another name. So we knew the concept. We just didn't know the name of it right in the very, very beginning, like the first couple of days. Uh, I mean, I'm talking like short time frame. The launch of the business was l- literally days. I mean, it was, it was like, we had the idea. I had the dream. We came up with the idea. I researched domain names. I bought the domain name Mama Bargains after hours on GoDaddy one night till probably four or five in the morning. <laughs> you know, 10 bucks for the domain name. I was like, Mama Bargains, how's that not even taken? That's amazing. What a great name this is. Um, still formulating, you know, sort of the concept and reaching out for mentors and doing everything we could to just um, grab this sort of bull by the horn. Because it was already from the very first second we had the idea. It right. was this out of control bowl that was, I mean, it was, it was a total bowl in a China shop. It was, it was insane. It grew super fast, um, over 500% growth in the first year. And it took, took off in the black, 
never touched that red line. You know, we never touched the red until probably year, uh, I don't know, end, end of year three, end of year four. Um, we had grown so much. We partnered with Procter & Gamble, Love's Diapers. We were the very first deal site to feature um, disposable diapers on our website, which is a really big deal. Um, every deal site by then, you know, we were the first ones out of the gate, um, but every deal site by that point, there were lots of competitors and they were all vying for like the best products and the cheapest price point and ever, it was this weird industry of mom owned businesses. And these moms were cutthroat business owners that were just dog eat dog, um, completely, uh, very unexpected. I was not anticipating going into running a business dealing with competitors that were vicious competitors. I mean, I was too. I mean, I'm not going to lie. You know, we, we tried to shut down as many competitors as we could because there were so many of them. And it was this deal site industry, like the Groupon and the Zulily and the Woot. I don't know if you remember Woot, but eventually oh, yeah. Amazon even came up with their own deal site. Um, I don't know, even if they call they probably call it Amazon mom, maybe, or mom, Amazon. I don't know what they call it, but. Momazon. It, it probably is Momazon. That would not surprise <laughs> me. I mean, it really wouldn't surprise me um, in the least. So, you know, we had huge competitors, overstock.com, Groupon, like they were just big competitors. Um, you know, we were winning tons of awards and doing all these really great things. And I had this amazing culture. My office staff was awesome, um, you know, with a couple of little, I like to say bad seeds, but now that I look back, I realize that I had bad seeds only because of my bad management style at the time. Um, we were growing so fast and I had so many things that were happening and everything was going like 300 miles per hour that I didn't, I couldn't keep up with it, the growth. It, that was very hard to do as like one, you know, the, I'm the mama of mama bargains. That's a very, very hard, uh, it was a very hard job. It was very, very difficult to keep up ahead of that. Now you grew mm -hmm. really quickly mm -hmm. and you ended up at 3 million in revenue a year. Mm -hmm. And yeah. at the same time, while this is happening, how many people did you end up hiring? You know, I think between consultants and employees, um, at our peak, we had just right around 30. So it was like 29 between like PR team and marketing, stay at home moms that were doing moderating, in-office employees, our developers, and with everybody involved, it was about 30, 30 there at our peak. So, And at the same time, you had two little kids, right? <laughs> yeah, three. Yeah, I mean, we started three. with, when we launched, I had a two-year-old and a four-month-old um, oh. when we launched the business. So, okay. yeah, I was full-time mom too. <laughs> so, so how does that work? Like, did you just sacrifice your personal time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I married the business. I'm surprised I'm not divorced now. My poor husband, um, you know, I mean, I say my poor husband, but in, in a way, he just has this super sassy, fiery, brassy wife, um, woman, mom in his life. And <laughs> I think that he's probably really lucky to have somebody like that in his life. I like to think that. Um, but I'm also... <laughs> I'm like equally as lucky to have him because he put up with my shit. I mean, oh. I was an I was an asshole um, <sighs> because because I had to be. I mean, I there was nobody else that could run that business. I knew literally every aspect of running that business I could do in my sleep, except the coding, except the back end. Um, we were very lucky to have a head developer out of Florida. His name's Greg. He was amazing. 
Um, and we had him from day one and had it not been for him, you know, we wouldn't have gotten nearly where we did, um, with me or without, we needed that really great developer, but we even outgrew just having Greg, just one man alone. It, it, we grew to the point where we needed a consultant team. Um, you know, and all the while, like my kids, I've got a nanny at home who was, who also, I was very lucky to have, um, who practically raised the kids at that young age. Um, because I was married to this business. I mean, I was literally getting four to five hours of sleep maximum. I mean, that was like on a good night, four to five hours of sleep, um, Mm. putting all the energy and time into just the grind of running a business. I mean, you'd probably know what that's like when you first, or, or even beyond when you first start, you, you basically, when you're a business owner, you're married to your business. And a lot of people don't realize what kind of a commitment that is. I started my company so I'd have more time with my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how yeah, ridiculous it works out well, right? is mm-hmm. that? Well, and you know what resonates with me uh-huh. when you just said, you know, you're lucky to still be married that you were an asshole. Oh my God, I was the biggest jerk mm-hmm. uh, because I had to be a force of nature to yeah. get my company off the ground, and uh, you know, totally different business space where you were where mm-hmm. I was, but we had similarities in that, you know, we started our web shop in 2003. It was after the bubble burst. A lot of, there was a lot of crud that was just gone and there was a new growth happening. Mm-hmm. And so we had all this stuff, but we were so broke because I put everything we had into the company. Right into it. Yeah. We couldn't fail. That was just not going to happen. Not an option. Yeah. And my wife, I found out years later, never believed anything that I said about the company turning the corner. <laughs> she later told me, <sighs> every time you told me that things were going to be okay, and I said, I know, I, I didn't really believe you. You know, <laughs> she was like, we had two little kids, right? Mm-hmm. So th- th- we had that similarity as well. I, I had, you know, uh, I had a, just about a two-year-old and then a newborn, and it was when the second child was showing up that I was like, I got to do something because I don't like the direction the company I'm working at is going. And I'm just going to start this company and be reckless, but be very organized. <laughs> we called it managed chaos. And, uh, <laughs> and, it, and it worked really well. But one thing that happened um, for me, and this was once I got to the bureau, and, and, you know, and, and Greg was there when I first got there, Greg Hoy, and he was running it, and things were great. I could ride shotgun. But then when I took it back over... And now that I'm shifting it, I told my wife, I said, my biggest fear is that to get this where it needs to be, I'm going to become an asshole again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or I'm not going to get it where it needs to be. It, it, can we separate this when we get into that mindset and we lose the sleep and we do all those things? It, it's tough. It's so hard. And I, I don't know. Um, I the, the interesting thing is even after we closed the business and I looked back and I started to realize some of those things that were, I mean, they're very characteristic of a business owner in in general. I think um, it's pretty rare to find a business owner that isn't, especially one that's a parent with little kids and, uh, you know, a husband or a wife at home and, you know, very high level, high stress um, obligations at home. Um, I, I think it's really interesting when you go into running a business, I, I kind of feel like it's like a natural progression to it's, it's like you're the asshole CEO. You just turn into that naturally and, <laughs> and you don't realize it. I mean, I think that's kind of the, sh- the, the real shame in it all is that I was a damn good 
business owner. I ran a damn good business. I, I pretty much single-handedly lined up that Procter and Gamble marketing partnership, like six figure marketing partnership by myself, um, in my basement, eating a bowl of cereal in my pajamas. And, um, <laughs> Cause that's what you do. You know, you're, you're married to the business. So you're like, well, I went to sleep in my pajamas, like at the warehouse packaging stuff. I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to do the same thing. Or maybe you don't even go to sleep or you're responding to customers at two or 3 AM. That's just what I did. And, but as a result, you know, the marriage suffered and the kids suffered. And those are things that I can't get back. I can't turn back. To, yeah. I can't, I can't unasshole myself from those days. I can yeah. just realize that that's who I was. And improve. And, and if ever I own a business again, which will not be anytime soon. Um, <laughs> cause I get, yeah, I mean, we talked about it earlier. I'm, you know, still paying that I'm still paying off. It's, it's a yeah. huge, it's a huge stress. People don't realize when you close, it's almost, wouldn't you say closing a business is harder than running a business? Would you yeah. say that? Oh, weird? I would. It's weird. Uh, I mean, it hits you financially. Mm-hmm. It hits you psychologically. Oh. It, it destroyed, it destroyed my confidence in myself. Yeah, same, same here. And, and a little secret, I still haven't closed it yet. You know, oh, it's a, yeah. no, I, I can't because the bank would freak out. Yeah. <laughs> because I still owe a significant amount of money to the bank based yeah. on the way that we ended. But so, so with my business, we did the, the cautionary tale of don't have a client that's too big. Mm-hmm. I totally yeah. didn't listen. Yeah. And Instead of trying to find other clients who were really big, I got, I'll call it lazy. I just, I started wanting to speak more and write more and run the business less. Mm-hmm. And then I actually got to a point where I started to believe that everything I did would work. All the things that I told other people that, you know, yeah, well, just because you're successful in one thing doesn't mean you'll be successful in another. I totally threw away and was just convinced that as long as I was a good person, good things would happen. Right. Good karma is a great thing, right? Yeah. But it, I, I'm not saying karma is not real. I'm not saying it's not a great thing. <laughs> but when you start to believe that you've got it, you're mm-hmm. in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you're in trouble. So yeah. but what happened? what happened with Mama Bargains? Well, you know, combination of things, um, you know, we had a, we brought a development team on that we needed, we, you know, we really needed, um, more than, more than just Greg. And it was something we all realized we were just, we just gotten too big and it's, we just got to the size where one developer was just not going to be enough. Um, you know, a combination of a lot of different things. We had one consultant team that was doing some development work, um, you know, kind of protecting the integrity of our servers and things like that. Um, maintaining the database, all, all of those good things that you need in a development, you know, sort of in a consultant agency that handles that side of things. Um, we, they raised their prices, um, and we're really like literally raping us with, with what they were going to put as a price point. I mean, it was like double what we had been paying before. And it was because they saw we were making great money. Right. Um, we were generating a significant amount of revenue. And so, wow, let's, let's raise mama bargains price. So we called their bluff and we said, no, we're not going to do it. Um, you know, we are reinvesting every penny we make into this business. Um, 
you know, with the exception of let's pay a mortgage payment here or there or a car payment here or there. <laughs> uh, it's like what you do, you know, oh gosh, mortgage is like a week late. Shoot, better pay that. Um, so those things are, you know, that's how you kind of pay yourself. Um, and what ended up happening was that one consultant team raised their rates. So we went and found another one okay. and highly recommended from um, some mentors of ours that were, were helping us. And it ended up, it blew up in our face. Um, probably from two months after we hired them and signed a contract with them, we saw, maybe even less, we saw some red flags. And as time went on and time dragged on because we had this one-year contract, when you know your business, oh. you know you know your business, you know it better than anybody when you're a business owner. And when you see a problem happening and your gut says, there's a problem, like there's a problem. There's not just, not just my gut. We had customers complaining, like they had items in their cart they were trying to purchase and the submit button wouldn't work or mm. the field where they typed their credit card number in wouldn't work or um, the site wouldn't load or the products we were featuring wouldn't load. Um, and the differences with mama bargains through so a little bit of context there, mama bargains was a one deal at a time website for mom, kid, and baby. So socks to strollers, everything in between, always 50 to 80% off retail. But it wasn't a storefront in that you could go and search for whatever you want. It was one deal mm -hmm. at a time. So gotcha. we created this buzz. People would sit there and they, we, we actually had, you could probably look up, you could probably Google this, um, like refresh button wearing out or like <laughs> moms would sit at their computer and they would seriously F, I think it's F4 on the old computer. I, I have a Mac now, so I don't know. I think it's okay. F, F4, refresh, refresh, refresh. They would constantly refresh the screen to see if, a, if the deal switched because it would switch two to 10 times a day at random. I mean, you could have a pair of socks up one minute and then five minutes later, you could have a high end $700, $800 double stroller for $300. Um, and so you don't want to miss those deals or right. you refresh and all of a sudden it's loves diapers. You never know. Right. So, um, the frenzy that, you know, we built this frenzy, this sort of buzz, um, this new development team failed on providing us our apps. They were supposed to create our, um, Android and iPhone apps. It was supposed to take them eight weeks. It took them 11 total months. Um, oh. so we fell behind on that, um, on delivering that they fell behind on delivering that. Um, in the end, we, did not renew contracts with them. Um, they didn't want to renew with us. We were basically making their life a living hell because we couldn't get out of the contract and I did not want to dissolve the contract. I didn't want to do that legally. Um, but we did everything we could to just be pains in the asses for them because we did, we wanted to boot them without actually having to boot them. So in the very, very end, um, let them go hired a new guy that was sort of the head of sort of security administration on our site. And, Essentially, every rock he turned over was a new problem. Um, mm. Firewall was never configured. The database was being backed up to the database. Um, like, like really ridiculous things that they were doing um, that they shouldn't have been doing or things that they should have been doing that we were paying them to do that they were not doing. Wow. Um, yeah, so, it, you know, long, long story short, at the end of the day, it was my husband and I's responsibility to, to do our due diligence. And we didn't, um, you know, so I can point my finger all I want. I can blame all the people I want, 
But at the end of the day, I was the CEO of Mama Bargains and I did not do my due diligence. I did not, you know, I mean, kind of aside from doing like a private investigation, <laughs> there's a lot of things that we found out later that we would have never discovered if, if I hadn't hired a PI to look into these guys. Um, but yeah. So I, I got to ask because if when I look back and there were a lot of things that happened um, at the end, especially uh just like you, I ended up working with some different people mm-hmm. and I didn't do my due diligence. Mm-hmm. I can't even say it. I didn't do my <laughs> diligence. Welcome to professional <laughs> diligence. But I, you know, and I want to say the entire time I was running the company, I really was weak mm-hmm. at, at checking out who people were, what they had done. Trusting. And it hurt us all the time, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. you just, you think you understand who somebody is, or you think you understand the work that somebody's done. And I, I'll even say for me, a, a lot of it was imposter syndrome that if I was worried, if I started digging in, I would realize how much I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I would right. get weak. So it was easier to just say, well, so-and-so said this person was a good person. So I'm going to go ahead and go with this. Mm. You know, I, I have to agree with, with your imposter syndrome theory. Um, you know, when, when you are, when you start to experience the taste of accomplishment, especially in a business setting, you know, not just being a mom or being a wife or any of those things, but a business setting, especially, um, when you, when you start achieving what you almost view as this ultimate success, I, I feel like it can just, it bites you in your ass if, if you, <laughs> it really does. I mean, if, yeah. if you don't, if you don't keep a good level of humility and I didn't, I, I was just exactly how you described, you know, I started feeling sort of immune to failure. Um, like everything I touch turns to gold. This is so great. You know, and it's just this, mm-hmm. that's not who I am as a person at, at all. But you know, when it comes to due diligence and things like that, I also, it, it happened in so many aspects of the business. It also happened in some of the people I hired, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, I, oh, so-and-so is recommending so-and-so. Okay, cool. Yeah, I trust that person. Yeah, bring them on. And that bit me in the ass more than once as well, because I didn't, you know, there were times that I wouldn't check references or, you know, I would bring an employee on that just wasn't really, and, and I should have known, wasn't really the best fit for the role. Um, but I think it's equal parts, big heart. really, uh, you know, I had a big heart and I, I really wanted to just trust people. Um, and I think that's kind of the unfortunate thing. When you close a business, you start seeing things so crystal clear and you start seeing how all these situations that you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? Why did I trust that person? Why, why did I trust myself to trust that person? Why did, why did I, I not, not leave trust, that? Why yes. did I not trust the people that have been so good to me? Right. Why did I not trust the people that have been so good to me? And, you know, really in the end, when we closed our doors, I felt this odd sense of um, just enlightenment. I, we had employees that stayed with us, even though they knew they were not going to get a paycheck. We, you know, they knew we went in on a Monday morning and told them we were closing. And today is the last day we're going to be able to pay you. 
And this was after we had missed our mortgage payment for months. We sold a vehicle mm. to pay like a payroll period. Um, we were late on every credit card. We had drained our savings account. We had taken a 401k mm -hmm. loan out. Um, our kids' college was the only thing we did not touch because it wasn't able to be touched. So I feel very lucky that those were locked away in, in accounts that didn't let us touch them. We couldn't pull from them at all. Um, but we pulled every penny we could from every place we possibly could. And these employees who had this income coming in and all of a sudden one day they come in and we're, we tell them they are no longer going to get paid. Uh, you know, as of tomorrow, we can't pay you. They all stayed. They all stayed wow. and they helped us close the doors. Angela, um, Bridget, um, Trisha in the warehouse. I, I, I can't even tell you. I, just so grateful to the, you know, just so many of our employees that stuck it out. Um, knowing, you know, I was just packing boxes with tears in my eye. Like I, there were, I couldn't believe how many tears I cried and like, why they, why they kept coming? Like, where are these coming from? Like, can I just, I thought like my tear reservoir was, should have been empty long before that because the year leading up to it was devastating. I mean, the year leading up to it, it wasn't as if it was like all of a sudden one day things are awful and we have to close tomorrow. It was like a year of just struggles and problems and trying to get rid of this development team and just, it was like everything we touched just disintegrated at that point. Yeah. So it's weird also the timelines because I, I think we hit similar places mm -hmm. within a few months of each other. I think so too. And I really couldn't talk about this until earlier this year. Same, same here. The, the level of, I guess I just in, internalized everything. And what's amazing is the people, much like you're saying with the people who stayed at Mama Bargains that last day, I still get great emails and mm -hmm. people reaching out to me different ways who worked with me. Yeah. How are things going? Mm -hmm. And not, not wanting to know anything except literally, how am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. I get that too. It's, I think you know, it's, it's good. I think it's easier in a, in a way for them, for the employees, I think it's easier in a lot of ways uh, because it, they joined it, they believed in it, mm -hmm. but they can move on to something else really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh. that was the thing for me at the end. Like we, we ended up with a lot of money in the bank and uh, there were about 14 of us and we just wrote it out. And we tried, you know, different things, but I told everybody, I was like, look, this money, you earn this money. We're going to see how long it can last. We're going to try these different ideas that we have to, to jumpstart the company. And uh, what I didn't realize was each of them would have gladly left with that money in the bank mm -hmm. because they had had a good run. Yeah. They stayed for me. It, and, and it was funny because one of really, really good friend who I don't talk to near enough, Matthew Oliphant, Matto called me one day and he goes, hey, don't drain the account for us because we don't want you to be broke, you know? And so we did, we pulled the plug with, with about a hundred thousand left in the account so that we could, you know, try to keep going. But even that, you know, I look back at that and I realize I was just screwing up left and right. Even once I realized how I had been screwing up, mm -hmm. 
and I think I was just in such a downward spiral that I couldn't pull out of it. But it, I mean, it took me the better part of, you know, two and a half, three years to be able to now have confidence in myself again. But when I look back at engine, I still just feel like I really dropped a huge opportunity and you don't get a lot of those in life. Yeah. Yeah. You get they're They're real rare. And I, th- I think that was almost where, where we came from as well. Um, the desperation does very strange things to people. Um, it really does. And I just, I wanted to say my poor wife. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, think about when you're like 16 and you're, you know, you're, yeah. there's the cute, well, not for you, cute guy across the room. Anyways, hey. we're not going to talk about cute guys because, um, <laughs> but I think, I think desperation does do, it does, it does something really strange to people when, when they're, when they realize they're on that downward spiral. Um, and they're just reaching for any possible ledge or hand that is outreached that that is possible. And it's pretty it's pretty amazing when you feel like you're you're spiraling into that dark, deep hole, the one that you sat in for three years, the one that yeah. I sat in for three years. It's it's unreal, um, you know. And to be brutally honest, the the emotions you experience when you're closing a business are. Nothing, nothing like I've ever experienced before. I mean, I was absolutely suicidal and I mean, you know, I, I say that and I, and I almost, I like, I almost just didn't say it and I almost whispered it. And then I, I, I have realized that that is a very natural thing. Mama bargains was all I knew. I lived it, ate it, breathed it, slept it for six years straight. And you, uh, my kids did too. I mean, when we closed it, my oldest son, who's almost 12 now, bawled his eyes out for a day. It was, it was as if we lost a loved one. Um, and not that I'm comparing it to a human death, but in many ways, it's almost worse, I want to say, because when a human passes, you get to bury them and you have the closure. And Mama Bargain's closure and, and engine, those closures are, they don't, you don't just like close the door and walk away. It's right. months and years of, it follows you. And, you know, we have collectors that come to the door and the IRS, I mean, the IRS <laughs> came to the door. My husband went to Afghanistan for four months to help pay off the debt and to do everything yeah. we could possibly do to pay off everything that we could humanly pay off. I mean, we stopped contributing to our kids' savings accounts, and our kids have suffered in this many ways in, you know, more than we have. Um, That's going to take us a long time to replenish what we have lost because everything we make goes towards that. And and it's it's just an unfortunate part. You know, there are always – our attorney said to us one time, and I will never forget this, he said – when a business closes, there are no winners. Nobody, nobody wins when a business closes. You don't win. The customers don't win. The people you owe money to don't win. Nobody wins. And so as, as long as you go into closing a business, understanding that there are no winners here, nobody is making off scot-free. On occasion, yes, you have some creepy, crazy business owners that do <laughs> weird shit <laughs> and they get away with all sorts of people's money and they take off. We're not going to talk about politics, no, Jess. No, we're, okay, fine. Don't go there. <laughs> Shady fucking shysters take off with all sorts of shit. 
Um, you know, but, but I think for the most part, people are in, in nature, people are just good. I think most people are just good people. And I don't want to go through life feeling like I don't want to trust everybody because I got fucked over in business and because I fucked people over when we closed Uh, so unintentionally, but it just happened. And it's just something that I have to live with forever. I have to know that that's, that's just what happens when you close. And, and what I know is if I ever had a business again, I would do everything in my power to prevent those things from happening. But the suicidal thing like that, I think is such a valid, it's so under talked about. There's so much shame involved in it. I was so embarrassed to close the doors. I was absolutely in the darkest place I could ever imagine myself being. And imagine having, you know, at that time I had three kids and still a marriage to try and put back together and, you know, pieces of life to pick back up. And then I also had to try and figure out what next, what do I do next? What the hell am I supposed to do now? I'm good at running a business. What do I do now? (laughs) Like, And it's the one thing you don't want to do, right? Yeah. I don't want to do it. I don't want that stress. I'm, I'm nowhere near ready to take on, that kind of stress, um, which in many ways has made this, you know, working for know your company, a very, very unique, um, timely opportunity, um, for me. And, and I, you know, I hope, obviously I hope for know your company as well. I hope that they find, and I know they do. I mean, this is why they hired me that there's, there's a unique perspective that I bring to the table. Um, you know, they could have hired just any old random salesperson that is really good at being a salesperson. Um, but I'm working with CEOs directly and I have a very different perspective on how this software could work for those business owners. And I love that I get to work directly with business owners again in this totally different way than I did with mama bargains. Um, so I I just think it's unique. I think I get to bring this sort of uniqueness to the table and I'm just feel so lucky that I get to have that. You know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the, the suicidal thing again for Mm -hmm. just a second, because and I'm sure you know this, that, that you aren't alone in that. And that, you know, it's the first time I've talked about it. Just so you know, this is literally the, you're the first human being I have spoken to other than my therapist, (laughs) (laughs) um, about this topic. So go, I want to hear it. I, I didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. I was Oh, this is Carl. He owns Engineworks. This is Carl from Engine. Carl, he launched this amazing thing that's international yeah. now. Oh, you've heard of Engineworks? Oh, yeah, that's Carl. That's Carl. Yeah. Everybody it was knows always, Carl. And, and it, it, Jacksonville is not a, I mean, it's, it's not a huge city. Everybody knows everybody. I would be out and people would come up to me and ask me for a job, you know, stuff like that. Like there was this level of importance and this, this just bizarreness. And then, once it was gone, but not unlike what, what you said about your kid bawling his eyes out, my youngest daughter, Alyssa, I started the company right around the time. I, I decided to start the company when I found out my wife was pregnant. It was actually, she was about eight months pregnant when my wife pushed me to do it because I was so miserable at work. And Alyssa said to me, when I told the family that I was closing engine works, and Alyssa said, you can't. And I was like, why? And she goes, because you said you started that company because you love us. Oh, God. And if you close it, you're getting rid of something that is a part of this family. Oh. And, and I, I was in a, 
just a dark haze for weeks trying to figure out like what what do you do with that yeah how do you how do you respond to that (laughs) i mean you You know yeah kids don't understand but but i at the core i kind of think they do yeah kind of think they do and that was for me just devastating. And then there were some things with the bureau that weren't great. There were some other things with engine that weren't great. Um, and honestly, I have to say, I, I had a couple of really, really good friends, uh, one here in Jacksonville and, um, and one who I've, I've just known for a long time who let me just be the rawest, most honest I could be and explain to them the dark thoughts I was having, the desire to just make it stop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, neither of us did. And that's really awesome. Yeah. But but I think there's this level of connection between an owner or a founder and a company that is not healthy. <laughs> no, it's really not at all healthy at all. And, and it's not healthy to have those expectations of your employees. It's not, I mean, it's, it's just not. And I think that's part of what happens is like you with, with engine, you, you were like, essentially Carl was, you let it get to the point just like I did that the business defined you, you defined the business. You were, you were one in the same, um, but we're humans. We are, you know, we are not, um, these, we, we aren't the business we are, we are, we, and we should be completely separate from the business, not, not separate in, as in like, let the business run itself, but separate no, as in like, <laughs> I'm a human being and the business is a business is a business. And at the end of the day, what, what are my kids going to miss the most me if I'm no longer around or the business? Yeah. Me. And you know, they need their mom. They don't, they don't need mama bargains. <laughs> I'm not, I'm Mrs. Mama bargains, but they don't need that. They don't, they don't need the warehouse to go ride their skateboards and their scooters in. As cool as that was, that was pretty cool, actually. That's <laughs> pretty cool. Well, and I would I would say kids don't need engine, but Alyssa no. actually she tried to change the name of Engine Works in the third year. She was she was just over three, and she looked at me. And she goes, "You should really call it Pink Pony." Oh my gosh! And I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "People don't like engines. People love ponies, and people love pink." And. I, I, I just, you know, we should have, should, I should have hired her on the spot. You marketing well, your next business, pink pony. Exactly. And you know, and, and so here's the thing we're sitting here now, you know, you're, you're the head of biz dev for know your company, an amazing company, right. That's helping owners understand more about their cultures, understand more about their employees, make mm-hmm. their companies better. I'm now running the bureau, helping other owners, you know, connect and avoid the issues that not only I had, but that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. So we rebounded really strongly, you know, yeah. and I just, I hope you feel better, but I have to tell you this conversation for me, I, I'd never met anybody else who went through it. <laughs> so when, we were in Honolulu, yeah. when we were in Honolulu, I had, to have this conversation with you. And, and I just want to thank you so much for letting us record it and share it because I think it's going to mean so much to other people who are out there and let's face it, their business is closing all the time. Yeah. They need help. It's why I wrote that book. You know, I mean, I, I haven't published it yet, but I wrote a book and, and it's very raw and it's people don't really write books about that kind of thing. It's, it's a topic. It's a very, 
very, very touchy topic. And it shouldn't be, honestly, the feelings, you know, very recently we had some friends who lost um, their nephew to suicide. He was 16 years old. And it has put some real perspective in my heart um, for some of those very dark feelings that I had, you know, not to go back to the suicide topic, but because I think that this is a very, very important conversation that needs to be had, because I think when business owners are at their top, at the top of their game, there is no shortage of companies there ready to promote them and give them awards. And I mean, we had a wall of awards at Mama Bargains. I I won like a Stevie award for fastest growing company in the nation um, in 2010. It's literally looks like an Emmy. It's gold and it's like 25 pounds. It's ridiculous. Um, And I, but I loved that thing, but it like, it began, it began to define me. So when we closed and when I was going through those emotions, I felt like my lot, my life was sort of deduced to a box of dusty awards in my basement. Um, and I felt like, uh, I felt like a dusty award in, in my basement. And I, I think that what happens is those business owners have all of this, um, support when they're running their business. And then when they close it, they, they're like a nothing and there's nobody there. There's nobody there to talk to. There's nobody there to support them. There is nobody there unless you happen to talk about it the way you and I did in Hawaii. And it's been very cathartic for me too. It was cathartic to write the book. It was cathartic to have this conversation with you. And and even just to briefly touch on the conversation in Hawaii, I felt so rejuvenated knowing that at some point we would have this conversation. Um, Yeah. You know, I think MC Hammer understands. I think he went through it. Pro yeah. athletes who suddenly find that, you know, I can only imagine gymnasts, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're done in their late teens, early 20s, and all that stuff falls apart. So, what happens? Yeah. What, what do I do next? What happens next? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and, there, and there is stuff. I there mean, that's stuff. what There's we're both life. here to show. We're doing stuff. Yeah. And it's good. Well, yeah. Jess, thank you so much for being of on course. the briefing today. I truly appreciate it. Of course. And for everybody out there listening, if you are going through something, please reach out to friends or family. You know, there's always a hotline in every community and make sure that you you get some help. We were lucky that we had good friends and families that helped us through. So, yeah. And with that, we will bring this episode to a close and we'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.